penitence for the last three or four Wednesday nights, and I'm going to probably conclude this tonight. We're going to talk about change is a result of repentance. We don't do much changing unless we do some repenting. When we do some repenting, and I'm going to give you some definitions of repent, what we're wanting to talk about. There's more than one definition of repentance. And I'm going to start by this, uh, to repent. The dictionary says to repent is to feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. It, you know, for example, if I say something to someone and I shouldn't have said it and I know it hurt their feelings then I need to go to them, and that's a repentance of, hey, I'm sorry, I regret saying what I said. Has anybody ever had to do that before? That's a form of repentance. That does not, that's not salvation, okay? But it's repenting for doing wrong or acting wrong or saying something wrong, a sinful act, and you can go to the Lord and repent even after you've been born again. Does anybody ever need to repent after you got saved? <laughs> Most all of us, there's times that we have to go to the Lord. And man, I was taught in church, when I first started going to church, I thought repentance was you got to come down to the altar and you got to beg God. And if you ain't crying, you ain't repenting. And if you're crying, you're really repenting, you know. And it's okay to cry. Please, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be hard-hearted about this. But it's like, you need to repent. And I mean, you need to confess every sin. Well, it took me longer than an hour to confess my every sin. I promise you. Y'all been in the church where church lasted three hours and the altars lined up with people? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to confess all of our sin because that's what we were taught that we had to do. And now, I'm not against you confessing your sin. The Bible says if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to cleanse you of your sin, cleanse you of all unrighteousness, forgive you of your sin, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But that's still not salvation. I can be sorry for what I did. I can come to God and repent and tell him how sorry I am in my heart because of what I did. And that's still not salvation. Salvation is not me feeling sorry about what I did. Boy, it got quiet. I'm going to preach over here for a minute. <laughs> Salvation is not me being sorry for something I did wrong. That's, it don't bring salvation to me, and it won't for you either, either if you go to the Lord and repent just because you feel bad about what you just did or said or how you acted. Okay? I'm not telling you not to do that. I'm telling you to do that, but that's not salvation. We can get born again. We can actually become born again Christians and still need to repent. But just going and repenting does not make us born again believers. Okay? So we, want to, we don't want to get the cart before the horse we want the horse pulling the cart. It works easier that way. Sometimes, man, we, we get turned around in the wrong direction and we work hard to get to heaven where I come from. <laughs> it's okay to work hard, 
But working hard don't get you to heaven. See, the, the works of love that we do is not to get God to love us. The works of, of love that we do is to show God that we love Him. He loves us. It don't matter if you do anything right or not. God loves us. Amen. Well, I'm going to try to make God love me. He already does. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, I'm going to try to make him love me. He loves you. Well, I'm going to do all these good things to make him love me. Just go ahead and keep doing all those good things because you love him. Amen. The works of love and righteousness is because I love God and I'm thankful that he saved me. I'm thankful that he forgave me and cleansed me of all of my sin. Amen? So we're, let's go a little further. So that was to repent of sin. Many confuse this with salvation or getting saved, but it's more like when we do or say something that hurts someone else that we need to repent of that. Change the condition of a relationship by saying, I'm sorry, forgive me for what I said. See, so that changes the condition of a relationship. Sometimes we're in a good relationship, everything's going good, then one of us messes up. Nobody's raising their hand. One brave man, right? His wife's not here. <laughs> I want y'all to take note, his wife is not here tonight. <laughs> it's me. We mess up, and our relationship gets flawed, but through repenting in that way that I just got through talking about, coming to the person that we've said something wrong or acted a way we shouldn't have acted, and most of us are guilty from time to time, and not every day, thank God for that. But we can mend our relationship by simply humbling ourselves and repenting. Amen. Thank you for that thunder supply. Y'all can sit back down now. I'm going to go a little further here. It's not over yet. <laughs> Hey, it's going to get better, I promise. Repenting does not save us. The grace of God saves us through faith in what Jesus did on our behalf. Okay? Ephesians 2 and 8 in the King James Version says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And not that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. So salvation is a gift of God that he gives us and it's his grace that saves us through faith. He said it's not of works lest any man should boast. So if I could work for salvation, I, I would be like, I did all this so God saved me. No, we need to understand it's not by the works that we do, but it's by what Jesus Christ has already done on our behalf we need to look at it that it's salvation is a gift from him and he gave it to all of us that will receive him by faith. You remember Jesus is full of grace and truth. So this grace that saves us really is Jesus. It's his grace. I believe and, and because of, I just read this scripture that it's the grace of God that saves us. I believe also that it's the grace of God that keeps us. Amen. It's God's grace. Lon gave me a scripture right before service, and I haven't went and looked it up yet, so I'm not going to preach on it.
But I believe that by the grace of God, we go through the things that we go through. And without the grace, we're not able to go through them. And a lot of times, man, I'm going to get off my notes. I can already tell I'm getting on grace. But grace is a good subject to get on to. Bible says that God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. When we find ourselves outside of the grace of God, most of the time it's because we've got pride. And we don't have that power and ability working through us, the grace of God, to get us through what we're going through. And if y'all are like me, y'all are going through some things. But thank God we're going through them. Amen. We're going through them. Well, y'all don't know what I'm going through. Just be thankful you're going through it. Because <laughs> when we start complaining, that means we think we're going to stay in it. See, murmuring and complaining is a manifestation of our doubt and unbelief that's telling ourselves that we're not, it's not going to get any better than it is right now. When we just go ahead and praise God right in the middle of all the problems we're facing, Lord, I just thank you I'm going through this mess. And we come out, we look back, all that mess behind us now. Y'all don't take it literally. Some of y'all have been, yeah, okay. <laughs> Most all of us have been through and are going through some things in our life, but we have to have God's grace to get through it. And now listen, not by works, lest any man should boast. If I think I can do it without him, I done messed up. Because if I'm doing it without him, it's me doing it, and it ain't his grace. It's my works. As long as it's my works doing it, his grace is sitting back watching me saying, uh, let's see how this turns out. See, I mean, God ain't mad at us, but I'm sure he gets entertained by us from time to time. You know, you know what I'm saying? Y'all watch this. God just sits around. It's like, hey, guys, he gets angels. He's like... Watch this guy. I've tried to tell him ten times. I know exactly what's going You know, God knows what's going to happen before we... Yeah. <laughs> so God gets the angels together. Now, this is just me. This is not in the Bible. But if I was God, this is what I'd do. Aren't y'all glad I'm not God? <laughs> Be like, Pastor Jimmy, you think of stuff like... I do think of stuff like this all the time. If I was God, I would have done fried them. You know. <laughs> Anybody with me? You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's like, God's like, okay, come over here, Gabriel, watch this dude. <laughs> watch him. You know, it's like, he knows, and yep, we did it, and yep. Mm -hmm. It's like, they're going to get to that place. Right now, they're walking in pride, and they ain't getting nothing from me because God resists the proud. When, they find, when we finally get to that place, we humble ourselves, and Lord, I can't do this. He's like, I knew you couldn't. And I've been here all along. You just need to stop and call on me. Humble yourself. Call on me. And I'll pour out some grace for you to be able to go through what you're going through. But as long as you're not calling out by humility to, to God to get the grace you need, you're going to stay in the problem you're in. That ain't good news. Well, it is if we take it to heart. Amen. It's like, what I need to get through this? I need the grace of God. How do I get it? Just humble myself. I was stupid. Remember the pastor Sunday? No, no, he wasn't a pastor. He's just a preacher. Uh, it's like, stupid? It's like, 
God still loves you, stupid. <laughs> he said it. I didn't. But, I mean, you know, I'm thinking the same thing, though. You know, that's just why I am. Y'all don't want me to be God because I'd be rougher on y'all than God is. Amen. God is, he's easy on us. He loves us unconditionally. I love y'all a little bit. <laughs> I'm just being honest. You know, I mean, like, I love most of y'all a little bit. Some of y'all love a little more than others. But God loves us unconditionally regardless of what we say to him or do to him or how we act. He just keeps on loving us the same. But then when we realize his love for us, now it's like, oh, I think I'm going to humble myself and start loving him back. Then he gives us the grace to come on through what we're in the middle of. Sometimes, man, we camp out and we stay there a long time and God's plan was just for it to be for a day or two and we make a party out of it and it's like a two-week deal, two-month deal, two-year deal. <laughs> Let me say, say this. The children of Israel come out of Egypt and it was like a 13-day journey to the promised land. Somebody tell me how long they wandered around in the wilderness. 40 years! 40 years. That's what the Bible says. We can make a 13-day affair turn into a 40-year problem. We can do it all on our own. We don't need God's help. And that's our problem. We don't need His help. And we wind up going around and around and around and around. That old song, I get around. You know, it's like, some of y'all don't know that, you know, Beach Boys. Somebody said, what? Who's a Beach Boys? <laughs> They're the guys that hang out on the beach. <clears throat> There's still a need of repentance even after we've been saved or born again. And that means to change direction. In repenting, one makes a complete change of direction a 180 degree turn toward God. If I'm going this way and God is right over here, you say, well, God's everywhere. But my heart is turned away from God. If I turn my heart to God, it means I go exactly the opposite way of where I was headed. Has anybody ever been headed in the wrong direction and you knew you were, but your old pride and your old hard head, stubborn, <laughs> I got a good guy right here. I'm just going to camp out and preach to him. Because of our pride, because of our hard-headed, yeah, somebody behind him said he needs it. <laughs> I love this church. It's like we just tell everybody off right in front of them. <laughs> good thing about it, we're not talking about you behind your back. We're just going to tell you to your face, look, you need help. We all, we all need help. And we'll rock along there, and we just refuse to turn and just go to where God wants us to be and say what God wants us to say. Really, all it amounts to is being obedient to God and to His voice and being led by His Spirit. Our flesh can outrule God's Spirit. You say, I thought God was the strongest thing He is other than your free will. But, oh, he could crush us if he wanted to, but he don't want to. See, he gives us a free will to do what we want to do. 
And what he wants us to do is serve him and humble ourselves so that he can give us his grace and we can show up mighty and strong on his behalf in this earth. Amen. Man, when we humble ourselves, God gives us the strength and the ability that we need to do everything he's called us to do. Well, I wish he'd quit calling me to go through all this stuff. I think sometimes we may bring some things on ourselves. Does anybody believe that? I mean, it's like God's plan was like, you just stay in the garden and you eat all of that fruit, but don't eat this fruit. You got it? Okay. Good deal. See you in a little bit. See you this evening. Come talk to you. I'm paraphrasing. I'm giving the Jeter version of Genesis chapter 1. <laughs> and y'all know what happened. They went and ate exactly what God said don't eat. And he came back that evening in the cool of the day. It's like, hey, dude, Adam, where are you? Hey, let me, tell, let me clue you in. He knew where Adam was at. Adam didn't know where he was at. Adam was the one lost, not God. Where you at, Adam? Dude's like, I'm hiding out. I'm naked. That's what he said. It's what you do when you're naked, you hide out. <laughs> Somebody's coming, hide. You know, they hid out. I'm just telling you, I'm just I'm kind of pulling two or three scriptures together, but it's all in there. You remember the book? What was the name of the book that he was telling us about Sunday? Who told you were naked? See, this is where he got that scripture. Is God asked Adam, who told you you were naked? Have you been listening to the devil? Huh. See, the devil didn't tell him he was naked. What Andrew Womack's book, apparently, I haven't read it yet, but the, the, apparently... Our conscience tells us, dude, we're naked. Something's wrong here. We're, we're the ones, you know. See, our conscience, if we'll listen, we'll know eh, we're uncovered here. We need to be covered. So what they, what did Adam and Eve do? I'll get back to my notes in a minute. Adam and Eve, they went to a tree and got some leaves and made them some camouflage. That's good. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Never heard that before. That's hot off the press right there. The real, it was real tree. <laughs> Leafy oak. Camo. <laughs> they were hid in the woods. <laughs> they was hid pretty good because God's like, hey, dude, where you at? <laughs> he knew right where he's at, but he couldn't see him. No, no, I'm not going to take it that far. But like, See, we get to the place where we're needing God. God's coming in the cool of the day to speak to us in the evening. And we're hiding out because we did something stupid. And we don't want Him to see us the way we are. Humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. And call on God and allow Him to give you the grace that covers everything that you need covered. Amen. Amen. So it's the grace of God. We're saved by the grace of God. When we turn to God and repent, salvation comes to us by His grace. We're saved through faith. You say, well, how does all, all that work? God has more grace than we have sin. And the Word of God that you hear, that you read and you speak and you hear, the Word of God gives you faith. 
And faith comes by hearing the Word of God. That's why many times you'll preach the Word of God and somebody will say, I want to get saved. Because faith comes rise, rises up in their heart, comes alive in us. And now we got faith to receive God's grace. And God says, I'll give you the grace that you need to be born again right now. Boom, it happens. We get born again. And we still need to repent. Tomorrow. But I got saved. How come everything... Still going bad. Because we need to continuously keep on repenting. Turning from whatever it is that we're going to. The wrong directions we find ourselves going. We repent. We turn from that. And we go in the right direction. And if we just keep going in the right direction. We're going right, to wind up in the right place. Amen. All right. Woo. I've said a lot. And I've still got a little bit of time. So. Let's go on to Luke chapter 15 and 17. We're talking about repentance. We're talking about changing the way we think, changing the direction we go. I want to talk about the prodigal son just a little bit. Luke 15, begin with verse 17. When he had came to himself, that's the first step of repentance. We got to come to ourself. You know the story. He was out living his life the way he wanted to live his life. And it work, was not working out good for him. He found himself feeding hogs. And that's not a real good job. Now, if you're a pig farmer, don't get mad at me. I'm just saying. Them Jews didn't even believe in pigs. They, they don't eat bacon. <laughs> Thank you for grace. For bacon grace. All right, let's move right along. Let me get right back into the scriptures here. <laughs> when he came to himself, and that's sometimes that's what we have to do. We come to ourselves. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? He found himself in a bad position. He had spent all of his money, blew it on riotous living, and he's feeding hogs, and he's even thinking, man, I'd kind of like to have some of that food the hogs are eating. Mm. Y'all, anybody ever slopped hogs before? You know what I'm talking about. Most of y'all, I mean, some of y'all, well, y'all are 40 years old and younger. Y'all ain't. <laughs> some of you maybe. I'm not getting on to the young people. I'm just saying slopping hogs, when you go slop the hogs, one of the last things you want to eat is what they're eating. He said, I'll rise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. So, see, he's starting to think different. He's starting to think a little different now. I've done all this in my father's house. It's, it's a good place to be. There's food there, and I'm hungry. And If I just go back, he's thinking in his mind, if I'll just turn and go back, to him, it'll get better. And that's where we have to find ourselves. When we're in a position that we don't need to be in or we don't want to be in, we need to go to the Father. Because, man, he's got food. He's got clothes. Are you hearing me? He's got a fatted calf. 
don't know about y'all, but barbecue sounds pretty good. When you've been feeding hogs and you won't eat the slop, barbecue ain't bad. <laughs> I'm telling you, remember, I won't go that far. Verse number 19. He said, the younger son said to himself, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now, that is a picture of the love of God, exactly how God looks at us when we've been where we shouldn't be and done what we shouldn't have done. When we just turn and go back to the Father, He's waiting with His arms wide open. I mean, this is a true picture of the love of God, and this is just talking about a father's love for his son. And the father didn't go hunting him down. He let him have his free will and even gave him his inheritance. If you read the first part of the story, he gave him the money to do what he went and did with and didn't bring it up when he came back. If you read the whole story, the father was pretty gracious, full of grace. That he, He's like my father in heaven. Amen. Verse 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight I'm no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring here the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Isn't that a good story? Most of us have been there before. Most of us have been that person that went away and came back. Not, not everybody, not everybody. But some of us, if you read the whole story, the older brother was home and he got mad at the younger brother when the younger brother came and his father put the robe back on him and killed the fatted calf and started having a party. He asked the hired hands, what's going on at the house? I hear music and dancing. Oh, it's the New Testament too. You heard music. There is music in the New Testament. And that ain't the only place. I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing some bits and pieces out about, hey, I need to find out what the truth says. So he heard the music and they're dancing, they're having a party, they're making merry. And he didn't know what was going on. He had to ask the servants, what's this mean? And they said, thy brother has come home. And he said, he goes to the father. I'm going to straighten my father out. Any of y'all ever decided you're going to straighten God out? I'm going to tell God. He don't realize what they've done. They're up there singing. They're up on the platform singing. I'm going to tell God. I'm going to, I saw them at Fields. What was that, about 30 years ago? <laughs> I saw them at Fields Saturday night. What was you doing there, sweetheart? Slap, slap. Okay, let's move right along here. <laughs> I got you, didn't I? 
You see how it works? We're going to tell God on them about where we saw them. And we was right where we saw them. Huh. Boy, I'm saying so much tonight. I may have to sat down and finish this thing. This is pretty heavy. <laughs> okay, moving right along. See, we're like the oldest brother. That dude, he ain't worthy. He doesn't spend all his money. Guess what? He's fixing to get half of yours too. <laughs> uh, but the good news, the father's got plenty. So what are you worried about in the first place? See, that's, I think that's why we get mad. It's like, I've been here every time the doors open, listening to all this crazy preaching and stuff. That guy ran off and was gone for three years and come back, and they put him right on the stage and let him play his guitar. I hope that none of y'all I hope I'm just talking in general. I don't know anybody like that. I'm just throwing stuff out to let you realize this happens. People get mad because somebody else gets the same. And play the guitar. Is it okay if I talk about some of your students? <laughs> we get all bent out of shape about what they're doing. Instead of saying, thank God they came back and repented. And now they're doing what they need to be doing. But I've been here all this time. I worked a lot harder than they did and longer than they did. I didn't miss a day's work. It's the grace of God. You better be thankful the grace of God receives us all back when we come to Him. Amen. Because there may be a day. Now, I'm not trying to speak junk on nobody. But I'm just telling you, we all going to need that grace from time to time. Regardless how good you think you are. Just wait till somebody pulls out in front of you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> They're down there, huh? They're at kids' church. Oh, Amy. We'll let Amy take care of them. I'll tell you what, I believe Amy can take care of them. <laughs> you can tell her I said that. Don't tell her I was talking about her. Just tell her I think she can handle it. <laughs> if anybody can handle it, Amy can. All right? Amen. It's just good. I mean, we're going to have fun because we realize how messed up we all are in the first place. Amen? And it's like, man, I, I'm thankful. When I go to God, He's got grace that hears you some more. Just about the time we think we run, run plumb out of everything God's got for us, He just gives you some more. See, that the prodigal son ran out of everything that he left home with. And he come back home and got everything that he left. Mm. that's grace that's awesome grace you say well I think I'll just head out for a couple years and go don't do that don't do that you know we don't have to mess up to receive God's grace we have to humble ourselves to receive God's grace and as we humble ourselves to him he just gives us more grace where sin did abound his grace doth much more abound that's why I look I like just I think about it like stacking up hay. You get that hay up about as far as you can't get it no more. You're tired and it's hot. It's a sin. Then you get you a drink of water and you go put another stack on top of that. That's grace. Some of y'all are like, what are you talking about? Hay's like this. 
It ain't like this. In the good old days, hay was like this. You didn't have no tractor picking it up and taking it to the barn. It was us hard hands, the servants. Yeah, and we said, they're having a party (laughs) up the house. I know, baby, I know. It'll be all right. It's like you're getting long-winded tonight. (laughs) As a result of repenting and turning back to his father, the younger son's life was instantly made better with the many blessings of provision. See, he was willing to just go back and say, you know what, I'll be like a hired servant. But his father was not willing for him to be just a hired servant. He was willing to be his father and allow him to be his son. Amen. See, God don't change your connection with him and your relationship with him. You and your mind change that relationship. Amen. Sometimes we think we don't add up and we're not who God says we are. But God never quits looking at you as a son and a daughter. Don't matter how far away you get. Amen. All right. In the English reading, thus generally needs to read change of mind. We're still talking about repentance. Not turn from sins when he sees the word repent in the New Testament. The context must be consulted to determine the object of a person's change of mind. So we've talked about repenting and changing our heart. We've talked about repenting and changing the direction that we're going. And now we need to change our mind. And this is something you could preach on changing your mind. Well, if you're a female, you could. (laughs) It's a long sermon. (laughs) Us guys, you know, we change our mind once about every, what, three, four years. But the, the, the gals, they're pretty, they can change real quick. I like the couch right where it's at forever. <laughs> it's like, let's put it over here and see what it looks like. It still looks like it did when it was over there. It's just a different place. But have y'all ever moved and you start unloading furniture and you get it set up and you're tired? It's like, I'm going to watch cops. <laughs> and, and it's like, we thought, man, we got this thing set up quick. And then the girls come in. Now, turn off cops. As a matter of fact, we're going to have to rewire it because the TV's going over there. <laughs> we don't like it up here. We need to put that. See, I'm talking about changing the way we think. Act like a woman. <laughs> yeah, we're going to change our mind. we got to change our mind. People say, well, women are more sensitive than guys. Not if they're liberals. <laughs> Mark that down. That's a, that's a plus right there now. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> Give me five, baby. <laughs> Matthew chapter 16 to get you out of the hot water that you just got yourself into. Look at verse number 20. 
Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. Who was he suffering from? Where was Jesus' suffering coming from? Oh, wait a minute. It says the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. These are religious people, the leaders. Jesus is suffering. Let me back up to the story from where this came out of. He had just came to his disciples and he asked them, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they told him, you know, some say you're Elias, a prophet. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're John the Baptist. They gave him wrong answers of who he was. They said, we think you're so-and-so. Then Jesus asked him again. He said, but who do ye say that I am? And Peter spoke up, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then this story goes on. So when, he, when Peter revealed to Jesus, hey, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus told him, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, Peter, but the Father that's in heaven has revealed this to you. So the carnal natural mind don't understand who Jesus is, but the mind of Christ, the Spirit of God that's within us, can reveal to us who Jesus is. Are you all with me? It takes the Spirit of God to reveal to us the true Son of God. Now let's take off in verse 21 again. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how they must go unto Jerusalem, how he must go unto Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. He's telling his disciples this right after Peter had a revelation from God of who he really was, okay? Now, here's, Jesus is talking to them. Let's see what happens next. You'll never believe it. Some of y'all have read it and you know. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Let me encourage you. It's not really a good thing to start rebuking Jesus. <laughs> Don't rebuke him. Don't, you know, like, you're wrong. You... Saying, be it far from you, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. But he, Jesus, turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense or a stumbling block unto me, for you savorest or do not understand the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Jesus told him, The Father revealed to you who I am, and you know who I am, but you're not believing what I'm saying. See, we can repent and know who the Lord is and still not understand what He's saying that we need to believe what He says now after we believe who He is. Amen. We need to know who He is, yes, but then we need to listen to what He's saying and say, you know what, Lord? That's a hard saying. You're going to go into this town and all these religious people you said you're going to die and you're going to be raised from the dead the third day. 
I ain't going to let this happen to you. Well, there's a lot of things that happens in the body of Christ. And we can say all day long, we're not going to let this happen. But if it's written in the Word of God, Jesus said, they're going to kill you. <laughs> he said, they hated me. And since you love me, they hate you. There'll be days come when they'll kill you thinking they're doing God a favor. Not so. I'm telling you. I'm not saying sit here and, oh, Lord, send me. I'm not telling you that. I'm just saying when Jesus revealed to them who he was, then he told them what he was fixing to do. They didn't like what he was fixing to do or what he was fixing to have to go through. I'm saying there's things that we go through that we don't like to go through, that we don't want to go through, but we, if we believe who He is, we need to believe His Word that the grace of God is sufficient for us to get through whatever it is that we're going through at this time. Man, I've got some more good scriptures. I'll bring them out next week when I get on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> She's been on my back, I'm telling you. It's like... You said you was going to start the Holy Spirit. I'm out of time. But at least they didn't make it run the opposite way now, showing me you're a minute over, you're two minutes over. I am just, just ran out of time. Y'all don't get nervous. I've been real good about honoring y'all's time, right? I mean, I don't take off and run crazy with it. But listen. Psalms 103, verse 7, and we'll go home. In the King James, it says, He made known His ways unto Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. And the TPT translation says, You unveiled to Moses your plans and showed Israel's sons what you could do. God wants to show us His plans of how He does stuff, not just... One day we see that God did something. He wants to reveal to us how he does that. And if we just turn to him with a repented way in our mind of how we think about things, that we're just little sheep on earth. We'll get to heaven one of these days. I'm telling you, we're the sons and daughters of God, and he's desiring to reveal to us how he does everything that he does. That's us. He's, and that's going to be in, in the Holy Spirit series because it's going to take the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what God's plan is in our life. Our natural mind can't comprehend what God's fixing to do through the body of Christ. Amen? Woo! I'm going to shut up. Let me pray over you. Man, I love you guys. Thank you all for sitting here and listening and paying attention. Some of it was good. Some of it was just me. The good part was... It is written. Praise God.